what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you as I'm at TPC Summerlin for the Shriners Children's Open, which you can watch live right where I am at, the top of the hill, as we are watching it on Golf Channel. And we are here for a big radio remote, everybody. I've been doing remotes my entire career. And to be involved with Shriners Children's Hospital and to be here today, we'll have two of the national patient ambassadors coming up right out of the gate right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, brought to you by PT's Taverns, 64 locations here in the Valley. I just took a photo with the PT's crew who have put me on the radio. They fuel the monologue. It's at JT the Brick. You could see we're out in front of the PT's area on top of the hill here where we're in this VIP lounge here where people are coming in for cocktails, drinks. We're at the first hole, and we're right next to the 18th hole. So we're in the spot, and I'll be here today. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be with Simon Keith for his celebrity golf tournament. Simon, my really good friend, the first ever professional athlete to have a heart transplant. He had a second one, and I'm involved. I'm emceeing his event tomorrow night and his dinner. So this is a big deal for us. Every once in a while, we pause. We pause, and we thank everyone who's going through a more difficult time than we're going through. Right? That's what we want to do because we talk sports for a living we have a lot of fun talking sports. We're talking Raiders. I got Vic Tafer coming up, a Bears insider today. But I really think a big part of my career has always been pausing and understanding where we're at in life. If we're healthy, if we're lucky to be alive, we're going through a pandemic. If we have an opportunity to talk to individuals here that we can help. Charity-based sports radio is the most important thing for me. More important than any score or box score and I'm honored to be a part of the Shiner's Children's Open because they do an incredible job, and this venue is amazing. If you've been out to TPC Summerlin, and again, you can watch the simulcast right now on Golf Channel. You'll see where we're at with the backdrop of the Red Rock Mountains, this gorgeous golf course, and we're here for a good cause. So go to the website, ShrinersChildrensOpen.com, ShrinersChildrensOpen.com, and I can actually tell you, probably the nicest volunteers you'll ever meet in sports. The ladies and gentlemen that work here go out of their way to say, hello, can I help you? What can I do for you? As they're here helping out the kids. So it's an amazing event, and I want to give the open of the show here. I want to talk about the Raiders quickly before we bring on our first two guests. Tomorrow on Friday is the 10-year, 10-year date to the passing of Al Davis. I would not be here on Raider Nation Radio. I wouldn't be on this radio remote if it wasn't for Al Davis and now Mark Davis. So I'm thinking about what we want to talk about today. We want to break down the game. We want to talk about the Bears. We'll do that with a couple of interviews. But I thought it would be appropriate today that our callers call in on the impact that Al Davis had on the world of sports in the NFL. What do you think about that for a good idea? On top of being here at an amazing event, if you're a Raider fan and you're calling in today, how about dropping a call in on Al Davis? Ten years ago tomorrow, on Friday, he passed away. Man, that went quick, didn't it? Feels like I know Mr. Davis is with us and his spirit is with us because I'm in Allegiant Stadium all the time. And you feel Al Davis everywhere you walk and everywhere you turn. 
So I think that would be good today if I could hear some from some of our diehards, some of our newer fans, and everybody who knows the impact that Al Davis has on the Raiders and the NFL. Maybe you have an Al Davis story. Maybe you met him. Maybe you took a photo with him. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. As we get ready to go with two gentlemen who are going to join us right out of the gate, Connor and Seth, and they are national patient ambassadors for Shriners. And on top of that, they play golf, they know golf, they love golf, and they're here with me to kick off the show as we're here at the Shriners, and I'm really excited about this. Seth, let's begin with you. You got the Callaway hat on, okay? You got, you got the Shriners hat. Uh, Connor, you have the Callaway hat on. I'll start with you. We talked before the show. You love golf. I love it. So tell me the impact first before golf that Shriners had on your life. How'd you get involved? Yes, sir. So I was born with a bilateral cuff up in Palette. Uh, so I've had 13 surgeries. I'm 15 years old. I'm. Uh, it's it's my passion in life to spread awareness of what the hospital's done for me and what they do for many other kids across the nation. So this is really important. So at a very early age, you needed this type of help. You needed Shriner support. You went back for all these surgeries, and this is a family for you, right? All the yes, people sir. behind the scenes, the doctors, the nurses. Tell me yes, about sir. that. No, yeah. As soon as you walk in the doors of Shriner's hospitals, my mom checked out of many hospitals trying to find care for me. But when she walked in the doors at the hospitals, we were greeted with somebody who took me out of my mom's arms. I wasn't able to eat. They taught my mom how to feed me. They taught my mom everything to do to keep me alive, keep me healthy. And not only that, it's it's a true family for us. It's You're always greeted with a smile. You're always greeted with a good attitude. It's good vibes there all the time. So where are you with your treatments and where you're at right now, now in life? You look great. You're out here walking around, having a lot of fun. Tell me where you're at now. Yeah, thank you, sir. So, yeah, I'm... Um, I'm almost done with surgeries. I'm on track to have 18. i got a couple more left to go. Okay. I've got four skeletal traction plates in my jaw right now. Okay. That was my latest surgery. Um, I'm I'm feeling great. I, I think from what I look like, I feel like I'm looking great. You look great. Um, I'm just I'm an overall happy guy. Good. You re- that's a great spirit that you have. Tell me about golf and yes, why sir. this sport connected with you. Yeah, so I was actually out here in 2018, and right before I got out here, I played football, I played basketball, I played baseball, and then I kind of developed a – a connective tissue disorder. So I was pretty bummed coming out here that I just kind of got all my sports taken away. So I met a guy by the name of Jonathan Snyder with Freedom Golf Association. He taught me how to play the game of golf. And ever since then, golf is my passion, and I, wow. I just love it. This is amazing. So you're yes, hitting sir. it long. What do you do? You putt well, chip well. What's your passion when you play golf? What I, do you do great? I try to hit the ball long like Bryson, but I just, <laughs> I'm just i not that strong. So I, I try to get it out there good, though. This is great. Seth, tell me about your background with Shriners. Uh, what you love about this tournament and this family, what this hospital's done to help you. Yeah, for sure. So between fifth and sixth grade, I discovered that I had scoliosis. And you don't know what it means when you are diagnosed with scoliosis. So I began work with a chiropractor, and we did special exercises to kind of slow down my growth, but it wasn't really working. It was growing out of control, and we knew we needed another alternative of treatment. So we went on Facebook, and we looked online, and we found – uh, vegetal body tethering, which was a new surgery, which wasn't exactly FDA approved at the time. It was still in the trial phase. Mm-hmm. And there were only two places you could do it. And luckily, one of them was Shriners. And they did a great job of connecting with me and my family and putting our minds at ease. And obviously, it's fantastic that the operations and all that, no cost to us. As If I had gone to the other place mm-hmm. that was offering this surgery would have been over a hundred thousand dollars insane so yeah a lot of money awesome that i was part of that trial phase and we got it fda approved 
it means a lot to me that other kids like me can receive that treatment now. Well, Seth, I want to stay with that because you talk about being at ease. I'm sure at that time as a youngster and a young man, you were really concerned about that, including your parents and your family. And Shriners kind of took the edge off and made you feel comfortable. And these are tremendous doctors, nurses, but everybody around the this group that raises money and makes you feel comfortable. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's really scary. I mean, having a major operation at such a young age, it, you don't know what to expect. And at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of results yet, but the few results that they did have were excellent, really great. Good for you. And now I can be out here enjoying golf with everybody else. And they just put my mind right at ease. We're at Shriners here. We're at this unbelievable golf tournament. You could also watch it on Golf Channel, see these tremendous young men. And, Connor, I want to jump back with you. You yes, mentioned sir. Bryson, the Ryder Cup. We yes. won the Ryder Cup really easy. Big As you know, that was big. And we're going to see Brooks Kepka, who's out here also. He's yes, competing here. They're going to have a match against each other. Tell me what yeah. you thought about the Ryder Cup because you know, people were worried about losing to the Euros again, and we dominated them. You know, I think it was just fun. We had a whole different, I guess, with Bryson on a team, he, he, he gets up out of the first hole, something I'll never <laughs> forget. He drives the green on, the, on one of the longest part fours, which is you watch that and you watch it over again and then you watch it again and you still just can't Isn't it incredible when he connects straight and it it's lands insane. on the green? It, it's just insane. I think the advantage we have with Bryson, not only just everybody on the team, we were stacked and we had it. I think we had it out of the gate. Great. You're a golf fan. Tell me who your favorite golfer is. So, actually, on Tuesday, we got to meet Zach Johnson, which yes. was yes. awesome, get into great this. guy, and he's definitely jumped up there on top of my list, for sure. Isn't he such a gentleman? I went, to, I took my dad to the Masters in 2007, and he won, mm -hmm. and okay. I got a chance to see him at Augusta the only time I ever went, and he won the tournament, and I have that connection yes. for the only time I went there. Tell me about that meeting with Zach Johnson, what it was like, the private time you had with him, the quality time. Yeah, he was great. I mean, he came up to us, and he kind of just said hey can i hit next to you guys and we're like sure you're zach johnson of course you can but then he he told us oh, yeah, i know who you are and he started talking to us and trying to get to our, know our stories and we also got some pretty cool stuff from him he gave us a pair of sunglasses and some new pxg putters which was just awesome, awesome. very generous guy uh connor and seth here as we wrap it up from the shriners now i got to talk football oh boy, we're on we raiders go. radio and you are you do not have to be aligned i'm going to go back to both of you let me hear your passion for the nfl Let's start with you and your team. Who's your team? Well, let's just start out with saying my dad's a huge football guy. My dad played football in college. My okay. Dad, my dad actually has a podcast, BDR, B, uh, Bear what? Down Report on Spotify. So I'm a huge Bear fan. Oh, bear down. oh, are bear you serious? Down. Yes, sir. So I got all these Bears guests coming on today because they play the Raiders bear down. on Sunday. Yes, sir. And you're telling me, Connor, I have the Bears insider yes, in sir. front of me. Okay, so I'm a Khalil Mack guy. He Big left the Raiders. Mack. I love Khalil Mack, yes. but Raider Nation's got to beat him. Right. And then you're going with Justin Fields at quarterback. Justin Tell Fields me about great. him. Justin Fields is great. I feel like his mobility, his his youngness on the, throughout yeah. the team. Uh, Bill Lazor calling plays amazing. I think I think we have a great shot this week. You got a, You think you have a shot in Vegas oh, at the Death Star against the oh, Raiders yeah. and Derek Carr? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. We got wow. this in the bag. This is unbelievable. <laughs> we'll uh, have you by seven. By seven. By seven. You probably bet him on the money line if you're old <laughs> enough. Uh, Seth, who's your football team? I'm born and raised Colts fan. Okay. Mm -hmm. What do you think of Carson Wentz and the move from Phillip Rivers? Uh, yeah, work uh, in progress. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's not great that he's playing on two hurt ankles right now. Right. So he's, he's sitting duck, and that line isn't really defending him a whole lot. But 
you know, I'm looking forward to this team. I mean, they're young. They've got potential for sure. they got a great offensive line and a great linebacker in Leonard. they got some good players on yeah, this team. Yeah. They got off to a slow start. Your Bears got off to a slow start, but you yeah. think they're turning it around? Oh, we're turning it around. JF1's coming in to save the day. Wait, wait, wait. I've never heard that. JF1? Yeah, Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. that's his nickname, JF1? That's what they say. All right, I got it. Gentlemen, one last time, tell me about Shriners and the impact it had on your life and what you're going to do this weekend. Your uh, national patient ambassadors, what's your role this weekend? Yes, sir. So as national patient ambassadors, we travel the whole U.S. telling our stories and our journeys and how Shriners helps children, regardless of a family's ability to pay, with hope, 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 love, and healing all the time. This is an amazing deal in regards to the money that is saved. Yes, sir. That's a very important point. Yes, sir. And why we're raising money for this charity. Yeah, we served over 1.5 million patients. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Shriners has changed my life for the better. I mean, I would not have the same aspirations as I do today no. if it wasn't for Shriners. There's no doubt. Gentlemen, stay with me here as I wrap up this first segment. How about a round of applause for these guys? How fantastic were they? Uh, Connor and Seth, uh, national patient ambassadors for Shriners. When we come back, we'll get into the Raider preview. I'll give you an update of the leaderboard. We are thrilled to be here. This is such an honor for me. I've been coming to this event for years with my sons, who are both in college now, and these two kids impress me like I'm talking to my sons. God bless you both, and thanks for doing this. Bear down. Bear down. <laughs> Look at you. When we come back, we'll get into the preview. Vic Tafer is going to join us. Kevin Ioli at the bottom of the hour as we have the heavyweight championship of the world Saturday night. Wilder Fury 3, Bears versus Raiders, and we're at the Shriners Children's Open, which I'm watching right now. PGA Tours got it up on Golf Channel we got a tremendous crowd here, and we're going to have a big show today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you doing this. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for Thank having you. us on. Yeah, there's obvious things that uh, we have to do. You know, we, uh, we have to pass protect better early in games. Sometimes it's, it's been a number of things. We've had errant shotgun snaps. You know, I've got to call some better plays, no doubt. Um, we got to get our running game going at some point early in a game. But we just haven't done very well early in games, let's be honest. And uh, that needs to change. Well, it's Sean Gruden, and you'll hear my interview, my exclusive interview with him tomorrow right here on Raider Nation Radio. I came to the golf course from my conversation with John Gruden. It was the first time I've interviewed him this year after a loss. And it was short, and it was to the point, and he is not messing around. So the first question I asked him is, why are you starting slow, and what have you seen with your coaching staff? What have you identified to start faster? First question right out of the gate on the Silver and Black Show, which I'll be hosting with Lincoln Kennedy this week sitting in for Aaron Coscarelli, so we host that tomorrow. So a lot going on here with the Raiders. John Gruden has a lot to clean up. We use that term often here. And Raider Nation, as we said, tomorrow's the 10-year date. I'm not calling it an anniversary. It's 10 years to the day when Al Davis passed away. So I want to get a few Al Davis calls in today on the impact that he had on your life your life and the brand of the Raider Nation. I can't make it any simpler for you than that and what we should do for Mr. Davis, considering it's been 10 years. And then I want to talk about the game because what this game reminds me of 
is the crap we went through with the Dolphins as everybody was calling me, telling me the final score would be 41-7, 34-14. Oh, JT, we're going to kill him. I'm like, you're out of your mind. You're not going to kill him. It took to the very, very, very end of overtime to barely win that game. So no more nonsense here on how the Raiders are going to destroy everybody at home and how much better they are. they got to win this game. This becomes a flat-out must-win game early in the season. If you are like me and many others who believe that the Raiders can make the postseason, if you think the Raiders are going to make the playoffs, then you better look at the Bears game and circle it because I don't know how you make the playoffs and lose to the Bears and Justin Fields is a rookie and this team that really struggles. So what's happening now is that John Gruden is dealing with his trainers and doctors and his coaches about injuries way too much. That, to me, was something I was very concerned about because of how quiet the offseason was. We talked at length about the offseason being very quiet. We bubble-wrapped all the players. They weren't going to play. Then all of a sudden, Incognito got hurt. Then Denzel Good's gone for the year. Trayvon Mullen's injured. Josh Jacobs is coming back. Damon Arnett gets hurt. We don't have Nicholas Morrow. I mean, how many players is that? And then on top of that, Leatherwood who I like, and I'm not going to bail on him after four games, is struggling a bit. And everybody in the Raider Nation is like conspiracy theorists now. Do we move him inside? Do we move him inside? No, he's a right tackle. If they decide they want to move him inside and do something, they'll do that. He was drafted to start and to be a star in this league. He was not taken in the first round that high to be a work in progress. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt as a rookie, that he's going to have some poor games, and he might start off slow. Kind of like this show is today, other than the two great callers I had who were live guests as we wait for Raider fans to light us up. So we got to get to the point here where pass protection is the priority. Would it be fair for me to say that this is the most important game of the year for pass protection? I think it is because the Bears lead the NFL in sacks. They're coming in with 15. They have Robert Quinn. And they have Khalil Mack. So they're top of the league in every major defensive category while leading the league in sacks. We all know about Khalil Mack, but Robert Quinn is just as productive as he's returned to his all-pro form. This is a guy who had a 19-sack season in his career. And on the inside, you have pro bowler Akeem Hicks. The defensive line is absolutely loaded. And the Raiders' offense is going to be pushed to the test. But the good news is the Raiders' defensive line has really played at a high level so far this year. I really think they did a good job, Mike Mayock, and obviously building this up to try to get this defensive line to have a rotation where we're seeing Darius Phylon play at a very high level. And we're seeing Solomon Thomas play at a high level. And we also know how good the edge rushers are going to be when it comes to Mad Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe. Now, I'm excited because Yannick Ngakwe showed some flash in the Charger game. I thought that he had the burst because, remember, when he was a little bit banged up earlier on, we were wondering if he doesn't have a burst, if you don't have a burst right out of the gate as a defensive end, no need to play. That's the problem going on with the 49ers with Nick Bosa, not Joey Bosa. He doesn't have his burst, so they're a different defensive line. Carl Nassib and the rest of these defensive edge rushers such as Max Crosby, are coming in and they're playing at a very high level. So that's going to have to be the strength of the Raiders. And then the last thing I want to mention, the last thing I want to mention, which is really important, 
is will the Raiders get tied to wanting to run the ball if they can't run the ball? Let me make that point again one more time. Will the Raiders force the run if the run is not there? 702-365-9200. On your keys to the game, I'm off tomorrow as I'm going to be with our good friend Simon Keith for his celebrity golf tournament, his foundation. That comes up tomorrow, so last chance to get in on this show from noon to 2 as we are live from the Shriners Open right here at TPC Summerlin. What a beautiful venue as we kick off the day. Now, if I could do a remote here every day, I would be here every day at the Hill with the great food. Uh, Lotus did a great job having me out here, and this is one of the nicest spots that we could have. But as we take a look at this game and the game plan, it's an important game plan. I feel the Leatherwood move to guard possibly could be about the struggle that the Raiders have inside than more than Leatherwood struggle outside. It's easy to pivot Leatherwood inside. And being, you know, Parker, who made big steps forward last year, bottom line is this unit's got to get better. It's got to get better, especially for this game, because these monsters of the midway are coming in, and their ears are pinned back to take out Derek Carr. We all must be aware of that. Kevin Ioli, the best boxing writer, MMA writer in the world, kind enough to join us ahead of Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 3. I'll be ringside with him Saturday night at T-Mobile. Kevin, there's a lot happening this weekend. I'm at the Shriners. We got the Raiders Bears. We got a world championship heavyweight fight, and usually there's nothing bigger than that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it was kind of like a, a week ago Sunday when the Raiders had a game, the Golden Knights had a game. We had the auto race uh, mm-hmm. uh, with, what, 70,000 people out there going on. So, you know, Las Vegas has become really the sports capital of the United States, I think, JT. We saw something go viral where Bob Arum uh, made some comments last night. Walk me through what's happening behind the scenes with this fight after what happened with Fury and COVID and the pushback of this fight and the tension that is building heading into T-Mobile? Well, you know, I don't know that the thing with COVID really made much of a difference, you know, other than Wilder, you know, making mm. taking a few shots. But I, I think, you know, first of all, what Bob did with Kate Abdu was wrong. Uh, some people may have seen Deontay Wilder's uh, Instagram post where he defended Kate, which was good, mm-hmm. but then he takes a shot at top-ranks Christina Poncher uh, made a disgusting reference to a sex act. That was horrendous, and Wilder should know better than that. Um, and, you know, it's getting it's getting bad. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I, I actually was afraid toward the end of the press conference as Fury's walking around the stage, and he's totally insulting Wilder. Um, and at first, Wilder just sat there and listened, and then he started to speak up. There was no security on stage, as Bob correctly pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, and, and there was none in the, in the immediate vicinity. So, you know, that could have been a really dangerous situation. Why was that? Hold on, Kevin. Why is that? I mean, come on. We've been covering boxing you your whole career. How is there no security? How is there no stare down or showdown? Uh, who dropped the ball on that? The potential for a big problem was right there. Yeah, I mean, well, Bob Aaron made sure that there was not a stare down, and I think he was correct in this okay. particular instance. And uh, nor will there, and nor will there be one. 
uh, at the weigh-in tomorrow. Um, so that was, you know, that was right on the money. Uh, I don't know if it was MGM or the promotion's fault that, you know, whose job it is to have the security there, uh, but there's, there was none visible. I'm sure there was some behind the stage, but certainly, you know, I mean, you, if you look on the stage, who was up there at the time this was happening, it was Kate Adu, the two uh, ring car girls, and uh, the two fighters. Um, and so somebody could have gotten hurt, you know, the mm-hmm. fighters, of course, but also those three women that were there. Um, you know, and that just, I mean, and, and there was all these crazy allegations being made by Wilder toward Fury and Fury's taking shots at, um, at Wilder. I mean, it was just a, a, a bad situation, and uh, they're going to fight on Saturday night. But I, I thought there was a good chance they might throw down, you know, yesterday. Kevin Ioli from Yahoo, longtime friend, great boxing insider. So, Take our listeners through this fight, the first two fights, what you saw, and the matchup coming into this. What happened in the first two fights that lead you to believe that this third fight could be the best in the trilogy? Yeah, I don't know that it's going to be the best in the trilogy. I'll be honest with you. So the first fight, um, I had it seven rounds to five for Fury, um, and um, and I uh, a draw though because of the two knockdowns, right? So we keep, I had for a draw in thirteen. Three outboxed him. Outer had two huge knockdowns. Brought him into the fight. Kevin, let's pause for a second. Kevin, let's pause and get you in a better spot. Kevin is breaking up. I don't know if he's in the arena or not. Uh, Bobby, let me know when Kevin is back. Uh, let's get him in a better spot because I want his analysis of this trilogy fight because the last fight was really unique to me how Tyson Fury just dominated Wilder and beat him to a pulp. And I didn't think that would happen to Wilder in his career. I didn't. I think Wilder is such a massive human being that he would never get intimidated and dominated the way he did. And Fury was so in his head. Fury just kept getting in his head. And at the end, I think he wanted to punish him and punish him as badly as he could, and he did. And as I looked on, Uh, To watch that fight, Kevin, as we talked about, I'm talking about the beating that Fury gave Wilder, and he just kept him around. And I thought, just embarrassed him and intimidated him. Did you see that coming after the first fight, that that could happen in the second? I I didn't. You know, um, as they went into the second fight, you know, you had to like Fury because he was the better boxer. And I always say, when everything else is even, take the better boxer. And Fury is clearly the better boxer. Uh, The entire time, JT... Uh, Deontay, uh, excuse me, Tyson said he was going to go forward and at Deontay. Nobody believed him. And the bell rang, and he raced out of his corner and went at him, and that's the way he fought the entire fight. And I think he exposed something that he probably saw watching films of the first fight, which is that Wilder is not good at fighting going backwards. Um, And it's a difficult thing to do, but it's something if you're at that level you have to be able to do. But Wilder, you know, has so much power that he's always the one going forward. People are moving away from him, so he never was in that situation. Now he's got a new trainer in Malik Scott as we go into this third fight, and that's going to be the key thing. What adjustment can Malik Scott make with Deontay to try to neutralize that advantage that Fury gained in the second fight and and put Wilder back in a situation where he can get his big punches off? Kevin Ioli is our guest. Kevin, the domination by Fury in that last fight, as we talked about, was shocking to me. And I just think Wilder, at this stage of his career, should be a better boxer. I understand the power of his right hand, and we've seen other heavyweights that have an enormous right hand, and they kind of use it as a crutch. But I would think that Deontay went back and he went to school 
and he worked on his jab a little bit more and maybe his left hook and some other punches that he can use in his fight. Are you hearing that? Are you led to believe that he worked on his technician skills so he can come in and, and in case the, the fight changes up, he'll be able to handle it? That's, you know, that's what Malik Scott said that they, they did, that they worked on, you know, and he, and he made an interesting point. He said uh, Deontay has always had those skills, and he shows them in the gym, but doesn't show them in the fight. Um, and so he says, you know, we've really drilled a lot so that in the fight, you know, his boxing skills come up. Now, let's be honest here. There's nobody that expects Deontay Water to outbox Tyson Fury. That's not going to happen. But what can happen, JT, is if Fury is able to neutralize, I mean, excuse me, if Wilder is able to neutralize some of the stuff that Fury was doing last time, he doesn't have to be a great boxer. He just has to be adequate uh, because he, he is one of the hardest hitters in the history of this division. So if Deontay is able to kind of turn the tables, and as you said, I think one of the things he really needs to do is have a stiff jab and keep it going and, and blunt Fury's charge. And if he can turn it around where he's the one moving forward, that exponentially increases his chances of winning. Um, so I think that's, that's going to be a real big key. I think he's going to do that better, but I also think Fury is such a slick boxer. So I picked Fury by decision because I felt like Wilder is going to be able to neutralize him from just, you know, Fury fought like he was going downhill last time. He was a 273-pound freight train just storming at Deontay Wilder, and Wilder just couldn't hold him off. I think this time Wilder will be able to hold him off, um, you know, and it's going to be a, a better, uh, more competitive fight in that, from that standpoint. Um, I think Fury still is the better boxer, though, and as I always say in fights, you know, when I'm kind of you know, at a loss or something, mm-hmm. I always go with the better boxer. So that's why I'll go with Fury by decision here. Kevin, how's the promotion going? What do you expect for pay-per-views? How do you think overall? You mentioned what happened with Bob last night and Kate Abdo. Overall, are they on track here for pay-per-views? I didn't see a lot of promotion, but I didn't look internationally. Globally, what happened with this fight, but it kind of jumped on us quickly here in Vegas as we opened up the interview about everything else that's going on in this town. How do you think the fight's going to do? Yeah, I, I, you know, Bob, Bob and Frank Warren said yesterday, uh, both, both of Fury's promoters said they think the pay-per-view is going to do well. I have my reasons to think it's not going to do all that great. I mean, you know, they, they underperformed in the second one. Um, I thought that one would do an enormous number, and it, it was so well promoted in that second one, and there was so many, you know, things, uh, you know, going on. And then, um, you know, now they're coming this time, and it was a one-sided fight last time. You know, Wilder hasn't spoken to the media at all until just recently, and even then selected people. You know, he hasn't, you know, as I understand it, he declined an interview with ESPN the other day on TV. Um, And so uh, the promotion just hasn't had that kind of footing. Uh, You know, Fury really did a great job at the press conference yesterday, and I wrote about that today on Yahoo Sports trying to get things invigorated. Uh, But it takes two to tango, and I, I just don't have a good feeling. It's been a dark promotion, nasty um, you know, I, I just had the sense something could, you know, get out of hand yesterday, and, and it wouldn't shock me if that same, you know, I have that same feeling at the weigh-in tomorrow. Um, so, you know, it's an it's an intriguing fight. People love heavyweights, uh, and it's an entire heavyweight uh, main card on the pay-per-view show. Uh, some good heavyweight fights, you know, but I, I'm just not sure how this is going to go over. It, usually, I have a really good feeling for the pay-per-view, and this one, it, it's a tough one. See you Saturday night, Kevin. Thanks for making time for us. Thank you, brother. All right, Kevin Ioli. Wow. 
brought to you by Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. Sam and Ash, my personal injury attorneys, they're the best. You don't have one attorney, you get two with Sam and Ash. Give them a call. They'll get you all set up. 702-820-1234. If you get into an accident, get safe, get to the side of the road, and then call Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. That's interesting. I'm going to the fight. I'll be ringside for the fight Saturday night. In my life, there is nothing bigger than a heavyweight fight. Nothing, including the Super Bowl, the Final Four. I've been to Game 7s of World Series. I've been to some of the greatest sporting events, Raider games in Oakland, whatever it is. There is nothing like a heavyweight fight in Vegas. The anticipation when they get to the ring and they get in the ring and you hear the anthems and you get ready and you're buttoned up with your, with your buddies watching it and you know you're in Vegas and you're going out after the fight, there is nothing like it. Now, I'm a Wilder fan. Uh, my podcast partner, Tom Looney, and I were two of the first to ever interview him. He was, no one knew who he was, and he came to a Super Bowl radio row. And at that time, his handler said, would you like to interview this boxer? We think he'll be heavyweight champion someday. And we couldn't pronounce his name. She had to take us aside and say, we said, Dante? They said, no, Deontay. I say, say that again, Deontay Wilder. And we put him on the radio. He was so charismatic. We kept in touch. I've interviewed him since. He wouldn't come on with me this week. As Kevin said, he went dark. And then the promotion's getting ugly. And I I was sick to my stomach, really was, when Floyd and Conor McGregor went on their global tour, dropping F-bombs every second. From what the great Kevin Ioli just said, this could be interesting at the weigh-in. They might need extra security there. I'm not just amping it up that way. These two guys hate each other, and their legacies are on the line. This is a massive fight. I'll be there Saturday, then a quick turnaround as I'll be at the torch for the Raiders pregame show, and the Raiders have a massive surprise pregame. Let me leave you with that before we come back. A massive surprise pregame that I heard about today, and I said, no way. I said, just keep it tight. We'll we'll break the news on the pregame show. I'll leave it at that. 702-365-9200. Stoner, how are you, brother? Hey, JT, man. First of all, you know, I talk about the Bears, the Bears game. That's a heavyweight fight for me right now. You know, this last game, you know, uh, yeah, we're 3-1, and one, but that one game hurts, man, because it was against the Chargers, and, they, and we were humiliated. Let's, let's face the facts. They did not come out of the gate swinging. And this, this game, they're going to have to do that, man. I want to see some more up-tempo, uh, fast-paced offense. Spread the ball around, you know. Let's we got to score early so we can put the pressure on Justin Fields, make him do the work. You know, we got to go out there. If, if this is a four quarter season, we're at the beginning of the second quarter, and now it's time to go out there and get a win again at, at the Death Star. I got to talk about Al Davis, JT man, one of my heroes. I followed this dude my whole life, and I've had the opportunity to uh, to uh, be in the media for the past ten years of of his life. There in Oakland, in, in, in Napa, I was at uh, pretty much every press conference, JT. Anytime I could be in the presence of Al Davis, I knew I was in the presence of a legend. Uh, we were all there for the infamous overhead projector uh, press conference when he fired mm-hmm. Lance Kiffin. I say that because he called him Lance. I'll never forget <laughs> that. Of course, he was in the room when he uh, retired Rich Gannon and Tim Brown. Always remember uh, one of my famous quotes from, from Al Davis, JT, is, Treat, do unto others as they want to be done unto. In other words, treat them the way they want to be treated and get the best out of them. JT, I'll see everybody Saturday at the Rockstar Bar with Raiderhead. 
with Vinny Bonsignor. It's going to be a huge weekend. Looking forward to it, man. Later. Great. I'm great that Vinny has you out there. Vinny puts on an unbelievable show. We appreciate that. This segment live from the Shriners is brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Taco. How about what they have tonight? Tonight at Wahoo's on Eastern, they have the legendary B-Side Band. The B-Side Band is playing tonight live at Wahoo's on Eastern. So come on by and see an incredible band. I'm telling you, you'll have a lot of fun. They put on an unbelievable show. Uh, That event is from 5.30 to 11 p.m. on the upstairs patio. Drink specials, you'll love it. They're going to have a whole bunch of drink specials, great food. They're California cuisine. I love it. And they're close to naming a brick burrito. We don't know what it's going to be, carne asada or chicken. I'm eating much better. I like the chicken, but I always get pulled to the carne asada when I get to Wahoo's. Simon Keith will join us next. Please stick around for our conversation from the Shriners. Yeah, you know, burn the film. Let's get ready for for the next game. You know, if you just listen carefully, there's a lot of teams in the league that feel the same way after every Sunday or Monday. Um, Again, I'm going to reiterate the positive. I'm very proud of the way we came back. There was a strange night last night. Um, We got beat by a good football team, a very good team, and and they're going to prove that this year. But uh, we got to just get back on horse and get ready for the Bears because they're coming off a big win, and they need this just like we do. JT, back with you. I'm thrilled to be involved with Simon Keith's golf tournament again, the world's first heart transplant recipient to play in a professional sport, a pillar in the Las Vegas community. And the tournament Friday, which I'll have an opportunity to emcee the dinner and get a chance to introduce Simon. Simon, thanks again for doing this. Can't wait to see you Friday. How are you, buddy? Oh, my man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Talk about pillars and talking to one. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And when you include me with this, I tell everybody, I tell my wife brings it up every year. I get that soft cotton shirt. That's probably the best shirt. I, I'm in for 15 to 20 golf tournaments. I go, the swag bag is great. The dinner is great. Everybody stays for the dinner, raises money for charity. And then we have a young little girl this year who sound. I saw your interview with Chris Matthews, which was fantastic. So let's jump in and talk about first the young girl and the event will be benefiting. Tell us about her. Yeah, so Madeline Quinn is our honoree this year. You know, JT, you know this. We support hundreds and hundreds of kids and families throughout the year. Uh, we, we select one that just epitomizes what we stand for, and that is, you know, overcoming odds. And once you get an organ transplant, your desire to lead a healthy and active life again. And nobody, and Madeline just rose to the top this year. She's, uh, she's an eight-year-old girl, cute as a button. Uh, daughter of a former PGA golf professional, uh, and and I'm including everybody in this, the Shriners as well, and my golf tournament. She's without a doubt got the best golf swing in town <laughs> coming up this weekend. I love hearing that, and I want to ask you, Simon, not only this young girl, but all the other recipients and the people that you've met over the years, not only for this tournament, but your speaking engagement. How do you keep in touch with them all? I can't imagine what your text messages must look like when you're reaching out to a youngster or someone else who had a transplant and they're getting on in life. How much time do you put into this daily, weekly, monthly, all around? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Health does not uh, work on nine to five schedule. And when people are sort of in the crapper and they need help, you know, we're going to answer and we're going to help. 
Um, you know, not like I'm a name dropper, JT. You know, I'm not. But you know, Greg Olson, mm-hmm. tight end. His his son, uh, TJ, had to go through a heart transplant this year, and you know, we were there for for Greg and his family. And you know, none of the celebrity matters when you're in the you know when you're in the soup there. And uh, yeah, we we me and my family and our and our committee, we all spent a lot of time with these with these families. It's it's an absolute pleasure. Simon Keith is our guest. It's incredible. When I saw you on TV recently as I'm prepping for our interview again, your fitness looks great. I mean, am I right to say you put on some muscle mass? What are you doing here? You're doing upper body? I know you do a lot of cardio as a former soccer player. What's going on with you? Well, listen, you know, I, you know, you know this. I hit the bottom of the barrel in 2019 and lost a ton of weight when yeah. I got sick again and got my, you know, second heart and, and kidney so I at surgery I was 129, so that's pretty light. I'm now at about 175, which is about seven or eight pounds over my playing weight, and I am not happy about it, JT. So I got some work to do, but you know I'm I'm hitting the pavement for sure. Tell us about the second transplant and the concerns going into it, and the numbers, and what you were thinking in the back of your mind, and how healthy you feel now and how long this transplant should last. You're living an unbelievable life. How have you been mentally going through all this? Because I remember uh, two years ago when we sat down and we talked, and you were struggling a little bit, and now it looks like you're on to the next level of your life. Yeah, uh, JT, it was, uh, frankly, it was brutal this time around and really complicated because I've got my immune system, the first heart donor's immune system, and have to introduce a third immune system and so, you know, the odds of, of getting a, first of all, the odds of getting an, an organ are sort of less than 1%. And then you got to have, you know, the heroic, grateful donor that suffers a tragedy pass away in the right place at the right time in the right city. And so I was up against it. Um, but for some reason, I was, I mean, I was really up against it, JT, yeah. but um you know we're here now and and uh you know the medical system is is fantastic and um yeah I'm back at it now and and more committed than ever to sort of pay it forward and and you know just share my gratitude and my love and and you know with these families it's just it's what I live for Simon Keith joins us go to the website it's incredible you can see his keynotes uh taught his blog uh how to book him to be a public speaker. He's one of the best I've ever seen. And I want to spend some time talking about this community. You know the work I do with the Raiders, and you're a season ticket holder. And we had the Golden Knights, and that took off really big here. But this is a community that is very generous with their money and their time. And I'm just honored to be a part of your foundation, and especially the tournament coming up here. But there are people that you continue to go back to and ask for resources and help, and they continue to step up. That's what makes this community so special. Oh, there's so many, JT. You're a prime example. Um, of course, we partner with the Engelstads every year, uh, the Finleys, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, there's so many. I don't want to start the list because I'll leave someone out. Um, but, uh, you know, you, we all know this town. I've been here 30 plus years now. And, you know, people say it's a small town now and think about 30 years. It's all those same people, right, who have, who have 
worked and grinded and, you know, the stalwarts and the Don Logans and the, you know, it goes on and yeah. on and all. Yeah. The, yeah. You, you know, the guys, I mean, they're just fantastic. Is there anybody better than stalwart strip? I mean, he's my favorite with all due respect. And I love Donnie Logan and every John Sassenti and everybody in town from the yeah. Raiders. And, but when I say when strip stalwart walks into the room, the former quarterback, UNLV and everything he does over at the South point, the event just gets bigger. The energy's there. I love that guy. Well, you know, when I do my when I do some of my keynotes and I and I'm you know I'm really picking that business up and traveling around the world, I talk about the light in people, and I think everyone has the light. And you know, sometimes you got to dig a little deeper in some in some people and not so much in others. But with Strip, man, that guy's got the light, and you're exactly right. When he walks into a ro- into the room, there's a shift in energy, and uh, you know he's a special guy. We got a lot of guys like that, right? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yes, but Strip, yeah, Strip's the real deal for sure. Simon Keith, as we get ready, Revere Friday. The event is one of the biggest things I go to, biggest charity events I go to, golf tournaments. It's run perfectly. Money is raised, and Simon is there and deeply involved with the entire day. Uh, let's talk about how COVID you ta- has changed your life and your immune system and everything you're seeing here. I don't have a problem with my role, which is nowhere near the role of Coach Gruden or Roger Goodell or other commissioners and players, even LeBron James Barkley. Everybody who's been vaccinated is telling others to get vaccinated. Now, I know there are individuals in your world that have issues medically and maybe can't, and I'm fine with that. But everybody else is we're trying to get the number up nationally and the number up here in Clark County. How are you handling that when you have conversations with individuals? Yeah, you know, for me, yeah, I like everything, right? We live in America. I'm very respectful of people's decisions. We're all independent thinkers. And, and um, you know, my, my, only, my only comment is, you know, just make a, in, an informed scientific decision. Uh, and, you know, I'm not judgmental. I, mm-hmm. I could, I mean, I, I care, of course, I'm immunosuppressed and at a higher risk, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, we live in America, man. We live in America. Yeah. I got you. Simon yeah. Keith joins us. Go to the website and find out all about this. It's incredible. You'll spend 10, 15, 20 minutes on it. It'll change your life. The world's first heart transplant recipient to play a professional sport, former soccer player, and now one of the only guys who interviews him that can talk about Messi at PSG, Harry Kane still with my Tottenham, and let's go around the world in soccer. What are we seeing here with the United States of America? We had you know, a great soccer event here between Mexico and the United States. Let's start with American soccer and where we stand with World Cup qualifying, with Pulisic and the young players that we have on this team, are we seeing growth in American soccer on the international stage? Definitely growth. Uh, the American team has never been deeper, never been more robust. We have legitimate world, world-class players for the first time. Not for the first time. We have, we have a handful of legitimate world-class players, including Christian, of course, um, Winston McKenney, uh, you know, there's some, there's some real talent. Uh, I, I said to my, I said to my friends about 10 years ago that I think I'm going to live to see the USA win the world cup. Uh, we won't win it in, in 2022 in Qatar, but, um, we're definitely making strides. I'm excited for this team, but as you know, JT, like going into green Bay for the Raiders in December, the U S <laughs> national team's got to go to Trinidad and Tobago and, and somehow get a result on that bumpy, crappy field that with the terrible, you know, it's tough. It's, it's tough, those away trips. 
It is. It really is tough, and the world wants to beat the United States. When I look at the Premier League and see what Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, what we're seeing with Manchester United, Manchester City, what I love about it, Simon, is more and more people are watching it now. The transition over to NBC and Peacock and the Premier League and when they put it on Saturday. Uh, my son, I got a freshman now at Arizona State. I got a junior at Oklahoma. When my freshman was a senior in high school, you know how kids at that age sleep. They'll sleep till 3 or 4 o'clock on the weekend. He'll get up and set his alarm to watch United and watch it. And I finally think it's catching on to the level where my uh, listeners locally or nationally, I can bring it up in a segment and they know what i'm talking about yeah totally you know if you if you uh so i read an article it's interesting jt because what your story just about your son is mirrored by uh the guy who ran nbc when they first engaged with in, the, in the premier league was he got up on a saturday morning at five o'clock in the morning and his teenage son and his pals were up watching a game and he knew at that point he had to buy the rights so it's mirrored uh, it's mirrored by your story. I, I'm actually, I love, I love you. I love the big six, right? I love United and uh, I'm not sure I'm a Tottenham fan, but we'll let that one go. <laughs> but I love, I love the, I love the Brentfords of the league and the crystal palaces of the sure. league. And, you know, th- these are, again, these are tough places to play and there's, there is no week off in the EPL. Simon, let's wrap it up talking about Revere on Friday, the tournament, how people can donate, what people can do to get involved, the website. Uh, I want more and more people involved with my voice in town and you including me, which is a high honor. How can I get more people involved? Well, JT, we're so grateful for you, man. I mean, you're just killing it for us, and we appreciate it. Um, on the website, you can go on and, and you, can, you can click on and take a look at what we're doing. Uh, we're always happy to take donations. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, we're sold out again for our tournament. We're going to have right around 250 golfers on Friday. So it's a big event, uh, and it's all for these kids. And anybody who comes out that sees Madeline's going to fall in love with her. So we're fired up. I appreciate you, man. Can't wait to see you Friday. Can't wait to see you Sunday at the Torch for the pregame show and just spending more time with you. Looking forward to it. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you Friday. You got it, man. Thanks, JT. There he is, Simon Keith, the Simon Keith Foundation, an award-winning, inspirational human being. I, I implore you to go to his website. Please do that for me. You know I don't ask a lot. SimonKeith.com, the world's first heart transplant recipient to play a professional sport. He just had his second one because he wasn't doing well. We were really worried about him if he was going to make it or not. He did. and He looks great. He's fit. He's physical. And he's a great human being. If you're new to Vegas or you're listening, obviously on the Raiders mobile app, this guy in this town, he's a member of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, world-recognized. And when he asked me to MC his dinner after the golf tournament, I mean, emotional, emotional. He talked about Madeline, the proceeds going to an 8-year-old girl, transplant recipient. I mean, how do you not get involved with this? How can you not donate 20 bucks, 100 bucks? Help out. So please do and uh, learn more about Simon Keith and his foundation, simonkeith.com. All right, let's keep it going here. It's the Bears on Sunday, which is a massive game. Massive game as I'm at the Shriners, which is a big deal, too, because we love the Shriners and want to help in any way we possibly can. We got World Golf. PGA Golf in town. We have the heavyweight championship of the world. How great is that? 
Fury, Wilder 3. I'll be ringside for that. And then the Raiders, Bears on Sunday. This is why we live in Vegas, and this is why we listen. That interview is always brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. Frank and his team are doing unbelievable things in town to get you in the best vehicle at the right price and make it comfortable. It's so easy. You can order a car up, buy a car on your phone. It's that easy. The Henderson Hyundai Superstore. This is Raider Nation Radio.